Light up your turkeys, everybody. <laughs> it's another edition of the New World Podcast. Puff, puff, pass the gravy, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the New World Podcast. Bonus episode. Bonus. Yeah, this is uh, our bonus episodes as we do in between our other episodes. This is becoming pretty common. So oh. get used to it, y'all. Um, you know, it's getting into the holiday season, so it's time to talk about some of the movies we've watched recently. And then we're going to later have a little chit-chat with our pal, Tarek Davis, about another one of our previous movies. This was his first pick. Um, but uh, lest we spoil what that movie is going to be that we talk about, let's talk about what we're diving into. By the way, my name is Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Hello. And Erica. Hi. <laughs> and Mark, what have you been uh, watching lately? What have you been, what what you been spinning on the old holiday decks? What you been looking at with the old eyes? <laughs> I watched uh the uh Shutter documentary on The Exorcist uh Ooh. where they interviewed um is Ryan leaving? No, he's, he's just close. Like, he's he, he's Ryan's done. Already like, he's walking Ryan's away, folks. Like, <laughs> I thought you were like, talking well, about something I good. I thought, so I just left. I was like, forget it. He's, Not that. He's just closing the door. <clears throat> yeah. On uh, your thoughts on this. Yes, I'm closing the door on this conversation. Forget I asked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I just like, got up to yeah. close the door. No, I so. don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be a part of this. No, it doesn't even so. matter. It doesn't even matter. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, so yeah, so I watched uh, Leap of Faith, which is William Friedkin's kind of dissection of him making The Exorcist. Not uh, not the it, Steve Martin film where he plays a preacher. Okay, I was no, a little nervous no, there for a minute. No, I was like, okay, no. I mean, you know, hey. Uh, <laughs> not to say not to say that I won't be watching that for the next bonus episode. <laughs> Ooh, spoiler! You're gonna go through all the Leap of Faiths anytime oh, yes. any movie was made with that title. You know there's probably uh, a Lifetime movie that's called oh, Leap of Faith. for sure. You're ticking the box Hallmark, of all those. Certainly. many. Yeah. So I watched that, and, you know, it was interesting. I don't, you know, I would say you're not going to come away learning anything really new about The Exorcist. If you've, if you owned the Blu-ray or the DVD back in the day, like the 2000 DVD, and you followed any of the history of it, you're, there's not a whole lot new to learn, but you do get to hear like William Friedkin's kind of point of view of why he shot things the way he did and some of the spontaneity that came from that and kind of more of his, um, you know, philosophical points of view of how to shoot movies, which is interesting in its own right. I mean, I was completely into it, thoroughly enjoyed it. But at the end, I was like, there's not really a story to tell that's like, Ooh, I never knew that about this movie. It's like, okay, you it's a great movie and he uh, uh has a very particular point of view on why he shot it the way he did and that's interesting enough. So, that was worth it's it's worth investing your time into. Do if you didn't learn anything new about the movie, did you learn something new about yourself? <laughs> um, yes. I I learned that after eating uh a uh, a whole turkey myself i can sit down and watch a movie called leap of faith <laughs> wow wow what a picture just you i imagine with the turkey on your belly as you just devour it watching leap of faith is that is that accurate that's uh it's pretty darn close yeah. pretty darn close and just hand scooping mashed potatoes and stuffing <laughs> into my mouth <laughs> and your wife and daughter going can we have some and you're going no Shh. watching leap of watching faith. a movie <laughs> exactly exactly happy holidays <laughs> all right well here's one we watched that's not in the in that genre but i'm just bringing it up because i know we both watched it we watched Eight million ways to die. Ooh, with uh, well, with uh, Jeff Bridges mm -hmm. and Rosanna Arquette, and an early role for an early, not his first, an early role for Andy Garcia, uh -huh. and the final movie really that Hal Ashby directed. Um, and it 
It was, uh, well, I enjoyed it. I, I feel like Eric is going to have a different thing to say about it. <laughs> you know, with a title like Eight Million Ways to Die and having Jeff Bridges on the cover and Andy Garcia with a little ponytail, a little cigarette. Yeah. And yep. then, you know, Rosanna Arquette is just super foxy. You're like, oh, this is going to be hot. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick. Okay, are we going to figure out any more than one way to die, which is by gun? No, just eight million different ways to die by being shot, I guess. Well, the eight million ways to die truly does refer to it being set in uh, New York, where there were eight million people. And that was the idea. Of course, the movie, it's, it's based on a book, and that's the title of the book. And it being that anyone in the city could kill you, that it's that dangerous a place. The movie resets it, everything to Los Angeles, which doesn't have the same populous number, and therefore does the title really truly has no meaning. But are, are, am I really? Everyone around you is looking to kill you. Like everyone in my neighborhood, Mark, you've is been, just you've waiting. been, you've, you've been to New York. You've been to New York. I wish Tarek was here so he could, he could, he could so back he could me weigh up. In. So he could weigh in and say, "Yep." Yep, 100%. I'd say there's eight million. There's eight million ways to do to dispose of your trash. <laughs> no, there's not one way. There's one way. One let way. it let it rot on the street. Let it cook on the sidewalk <laughs> all summer long until it gets picked up. <laughs> there's a barbecue. It's outside on your street. Um, I thought it was okay. The problem with uh, Hal Ashby directed a lot of great films. He started having falling apart later in his career, and this particular movie. They push the start date. There's not a very clear from all the extra features and stuff. There's not really a clear uh, understanding of why they pushed it, but it left them with not a lot of move time to finish the movie. So then the producers in the studio end up taking the movie away from Hal Ashby. He was not able to edit the movie himself. So the movie is edited fine, but it's made as a very sort of like linear perfunctory thing. And he kind of had shot it to have more like uh, there's a lot of, Jeff Bridges dealing with his alcoholism and there was going to be a lot more stuff where he was, you know, uh, is this real? Is he drunk? Is there was going to be a lot more of that. So you don't really get sort of some of that, but as far as it being a sort of neo uh, noir eighties, uh, LA crime film, I mean, it's not quite to live and die in LA, but it's, it's, it, it could give you a little bit of that feeling. I feel like, um, so I, I feel like there's some good stuff. The scenes between, Andy Garcia and Jeff Bridges are great. And largely yeah. they're improvised. They actually improvised oh. the majority of those scenes. So, and they just got along super great and apparently are still friendly to this day. They're still very good friends. Oh. Andy Garcia is interviewed on the Kino Lorber disc and, and, and speaks so highly of Jeff Bridges and in the loved uh, working interview. On it. Did he talk <clears throat> anything about the soundtrack that he did for death sport? <laughs> he didn't, <laughs> he did not, didn't come up. It did not come up. He did say that there, the initial draft was done by Oliver Stone. It gets rewritten by other people, though. He still maintains a credit. And so to go back to what Erica said, that he has this little tiny uh, ponytail in the back. He's got slicked back hair, but a little tiny ponytail in the back, which uh, he says uh, that that was in the Oliver Stone script. And he likes to take credit that he they were maybe the first... Uh, film depiction of a drug dealer with a tiny pony. And then from there it happened in almost every, <laughs> every movie afterwards in the 1980s. But he would like to claim they were the first to that. Well, and it was because Oliver Stone wrote it into his version of the script. I feel like that's a serious stretch, serious stretch. I, you know what? I, and I'm disappointed. He didn't bring up his, his uh, soundtrack work. <laughs> that would have been a great opportunity to just segue into that. Yeah. Also, Speaking of first, Andy Garcia, uh, Andy Garcia is one of the actors that when you say he had slick back hair and a little ponytail, I'm not surprised because didn't yeah. he have that in pretty much all the 80s and 90s? He was. Didn't he have that in the in the Untouchables? I can't remember. <laughs> did he have that in Godfather Three? Feel it like he did all the time. Feel like he did. <laughs> It also was his look for about 15 years. <laughs> exactly. Hey, exactly. Well, I mean, a soul patch and a little ponytail. <laughs> Once you go pony, it's hard to go back. <laughs> Once you go tiny, tiny pony. tiny pony, tiny pony, tiny uh, pony. Mark, what else did you watch? So uh, another movie that I watched uh, was Witchery, 
So wow, this was a real surprise for me because <laughs> I I didn't realize that you watched it. I, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, what, what is this? Did I just watch Witchery in its entirety? <laughs> what oh. is this movie? Why am I watching it? How did exactly. I do that? Damn you, that- stomach turkey! <laughs> Damn you, lap turkey! <laughs> when you're here, I, I'll watch I, anything. <laughs> It was a surprise, yes, that I watched it. Also, um, I started watching it, and then as I was doing some research, I realized it was the sequel to Ghost House, which is oh. a uh, which is an Umberto Lenzi movie, which yeah. I watched a couple weeks ago. Um, and so I, I dove into it a little bit. Anyway, uh, Witchery uh, is basically a, a group of people get stuck. They're they're stuck on the in this. Um, kind of dilapidated mansion in Massachusetts, right on the on the coast, and there's a witch there, and she's like picking off people one by one. Uh, it stars Linda Blair. Ooh, now we're talking. And, and David Hasselhoff. Ooh, what witchery? I'm gonna watchery you. Wow. And originally, <laughs> wow. I wish I could pick any one of those eight million ways to die and use it on myself. Currently, <laughs> originally they wanted the uh, get away from that bit <laughs> to be. Uh, they wanted the witch to be played by Betty Davis, oh. but that didn't work out. So they, so they went Linda German Blair. <laughs> no, okay, she's, she's not the witch. She's the heroine. Okay, but as I'm watching this and I'm doing a little research, it, it I I realized that I stepped into. So in Italy, this was uh, La Casa Four. So oh, sure. I, there was okay. a La Casa universe. Yep. Yeah, Do you yeah, guys yeah. know about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this is La Casa 4. Ghost House was La Casa 3. It's the Evil Dead uh, franchise before they did Army of Darkness. So they had the, the Evil, Evil Dead, Dead movies were called La Casa and Evil, in, in, in right. Italy. Oh. So then there was, uh, so La Casa 5 was called, it was a movie called Beyond Darkness. La Casa Six and Seven are Creep Show Two and Horror Show. <laughs> like, so this is pulling a new world into the La Casa universe. Wow! wow. Okay, for, for no other reason. Um, it it also stars uh, uh, Laura Wendell, who's in Killing Birds. Oh, and they stole Zombie the five. soundtrack. <laughs> Zombie Five. They stole the soundtrack from Killing Birds to use in this movie. Uh, wow! So it was a real, it's a real low budget Italian movie in every way. Like the title doesn't really, they, it was, it's a sequel only by title. They're stealing soundtracks. It's, it's the equivalent of the Italian new world pictures movie. Um, is it good? It, it doesn't even, from all you've told me, I'm going to watch it and it doesn't need to be good. They do, like I'm already sold. This he's, is the New World in. Podcast. He's in. <laughs> I he's would in, say he's in Tiny it, Pony Deep. <laughs> is it good? I'm going to dip my tiny pony into that, those waters. <laughs> I'm just going to... I'm going to... I'm yeah. slicking back my it, hair and getting ready as we speak. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's good. <laughs> that, it's that's, just yes, something that's to watch. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, and also, if you're going to watch that, watch Ghost House. Is that good? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Just watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> you know, I should have even started out with this one. Uh, this was one I don't think Erica did not watch this one. I think you might be familiar with this one, though, Mark. I should have started this one out considering uh, Thanksgiving, but Blood Rage. I don't remember that one. The Blood Rage is sort of a... It's considered a Thanksgiving slasher because some of the movie does take place uh, over Thanksgiving. It's about a uh, two twins and one of the twins. <laughs> That's usually what makes up a twin. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with them? Um, no, no, no. I mean, no. Actually, two twins yeah. would be four people. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say. No, we're talking four people. So Way to crunch the numbers on twins so quickly. <laughs> okay, pardon me. So we're talking about twins oh and so just two <laughs> yeah right 
we're, we, they were going to initially make the movie about two twins, but they had to cut it down for budget reasons. Budget so they decided to go, yeah, budget so they decided to go just with four twins is so expensive. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Do we go with quadruplets or two sets of twins? <laughs> All right. So uh, they're these twins as young boys, uh, their mom, who's played by Louise Lasser. She goes out and goes on a drive to a drive-in movie and gets her date gets a little aggressive on her. She think they think the kids are asleep. The boys wake up as they're making out and they sneak out. One of the boys kill grabs some something out of somebody's truck, kills the boyfriend, or kills somebody. No, kills somebody in a car. They run out. He wipes all the blood on the other twin. And goes, he's the one who killed him. And the other twin's kind of like, what? And So flash forward, the twin who actually gets framed is now in a mental hospital. But the other twin is out and about. Hmm. And apparently, I think the only trigger for this particular twin is if his mom starts to date somebody or starts to be interested in somebody. And she's suddenly dating the... Uh, the guy who runs the building or owns the building that they live in, the apartment building, which is all, it's all set in Florida. The property manager, classic. A, of course. Classic fall in love story that, there. You got to get that free rent somewhere. <laughs> and uh, it's got a great, it's got like a great score. It's got good effects by Ed French, who and I believe initially started out as the general effects guy on Creepshow 2. And then the guys from K&B took over. But um, the sex. <laughs> yes yeah that's right depending depending um, what country you're listening to us from <laughs> and essentially the others you know the other twin gets out of the hospital he's trying to you know stop the other twin as he goes on a on a rampage louise lasser just puts in an absolute over-the-top wonder of a performance that is just unhinged and insane and at one point she's just sitting on her kitchen floor with with the lights off except for the open fridge door just eating food out of like eating leftovers just sitting on her floor with the with the fridge light just like what am i what's going on it's uh it's a pretty great little flick uh i picked up the arrow disc blood rage uh your thanksgiving slasher okay point counterpoint does that have a scene where David Hasselhoff is really trying to get in the pants of his girlfriend who's a virgin and won't let him in? Oh, uh, it does have a, a, I think there is a type of scene like that. It does not have David Hasselhoff in it. Mm. Yeah. Because no. he he spends about half the movie trying to get in her pants. Oh, and uh, then he's he has a creepy scene where he's trying to entertain a child. And it's the most unbelievable scene where you're like, this... This is no, obviously David Hasselhoff has never had to spend time with children because he's not believable in any stretch. He does. He's, talk, he's telling he, a story. He about has spent time with uh, his children and he's normally drunk and eating a hamburger and they're recording him. Yes. Th- that's the yes, only time exactly. he spends time with children. <laughs> yes. This yeah. is uh, this God. is around that time. I can't wait to watchery the witchery. It is going to be. You might be witchering that you didn't watchery oh, the witchery. God. There's no way I'm gonna witchery that I'm not gonna watchery the witchery. I wish I had a machete <laughs> or a knife or a gun or something. Eight million ways to die and nothing but life right here. Oh, I can't wait to continually wake you up when <laughs> the movie's not over. There's God. more movie. I was just gonna say I watched real bits and bobs of of uh blood rage because i do remember certain i remember her eating in front of the fridge okay, good, and the twin good. setup yeah and uh yeah when they were kind of watching her make out with the property manager and one was getting real angry about it and we kind of oh, like, <laughs> that's like a trigger but it it, it <laughs> so, really is it's a good movie it's a really solid I missed you know most of it silly so I saw that. Yeah. Four minutes. There you go. So, there you how go. many minutes I'll did let, I miss? What's, make the sh- running, what's, the, what's the running time? I will on make that? sure that you watch all of the witchery. So don't worry about it. 82 minutes. Oh, so you so got. I, I saw whatever 82 minutes. You got a good, a good solid five or 10 maybe yeah. minutes of, of Blood Rage. Um, there's other stuff we watched. One thing you did watch a lot of mm-hmm. was Killer Crocodile. So, getting back to Italian, you know. 
schlock movies. Look at how many people are falling out of this croc on the box picture here. Well, it makes sense Jeez. because the croc in it is enormous. Yeah, it is. It is it's a huge. giant fake mechanical croc that is just so big. Uh, it's directed by Fabrizio De Angelis. I mean, look at all the people in that crop. Like, he was a producer. This is like his like first. This is like his Fabrizio debut of the Angels. Yes, that, that's a, taking a lot of liberties with your name there. <laughs> yeah, Erica is imitating the box cover art, mm-hmm. uh, which is terrific. And uh, what we did not get to was because this this one this disc we got from Severin does not just come from with Killer Crocodile, but also Killer Crocodile Two. The sequel they shot where, right after the other. Whereas you can see from the box, only two people are at risk. <laughs> yeah. So the, the box art for Killer Crocodile 2 it is. It goes from not 1, as... 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 to 2. Six to, that was real time counting from yeah. America, Bunch everybody. Bunch of cuts. It has uh it stars Richard Crenna. Yes. Son. <laughs> son. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> whose whose name is also Richard Crenna, but he goes by his middle name. He goes by Anthony Crenna, and he is the star of both of the movies. And they did shoot it. Uh, I'm trying to forget. I'm forgetting where they shot it, but they did shoot it out like in. They shot it out like in the Caribbean or something somewhere. So, uh, so they were shooting sort of like an Italian production, but not in Italy, but in another country. So it was. Sort of a, a an odd production, but of course it's a it's a team of young scientists, and they encounter this crocodile. And there's why is this such a massive killer crocodile? You ask. Well, because uh, the mayor of this this little town uh, really needs them to get rid of all that toxic waste that they just have oh, dumped in classic. the river. And he's just. like, boy, we've got to move that. We've got, so he and his buddy. And who, maybe Crocs find toxic waste. They, Irresistible. Yeah, yeah, they cannot. Irresistible. Moth the flame. They yeah. can't stop themselves. If if there's some toxic waste available, they're going to gobble it up. So it just blends like, did I mean, there were so many Italian Jaws ripoffs, which this is, of course, one. But also includes the old toxic waste mutation which is prevalent in so many 1980s movies too. So this like takes Chud. a lot of really great, uh, uh, like Chud, yes, like our Chud. most recent episode. Um, hmm. So yeah, so this this movie just ticks a lot of boxes. Uh, if I had watched this earlier, maybe I would have, maybe this would have been a pairing with Chud because of that very thing. Ooh. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, just it. listen to the listen listen to the podcast, Mark. You'll find out what okay. pairings is. No, I know, I know you don't. So uh, what are, else? Are you, what are, are you excited to uh, talk about our next movie in the next episode? I feel like we've got a real winner. Oh, we've up. got a real winner for sure. Oh, we've got an. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm very excited about this next movie we're going to talk about. And we should. We since we're talking about it, we should play the trailer here for certain fury. Academy Award winner, Tatum O'Neill. I know we can beat this. Academy Award winner, Irene Cara. I didn't resist arrest. And Peter Fonda. Would you help me if I stiffed a cop? I didn't stiff a cop! They never met before today. Nobody moves! And they don't belong together now. They're about to be tried in a crossfire. Convicted by circumstance and framed for a crime they didn't commit. They're caught up in certain fury. Now they're bound together by chance. I just want a place where I can figure a way out of this mess. I want you away from me. And if they can't make it together, then they won't make it at all. The only thing that will save them now is their nerve and each other. They're about to find out that when you're desperate, you'll do anything and everything to stay alive.
Irene Cara. Certain Fury. <laughs> yeah, Certain Fury. <clears throat> what, 1985, 86? I'm forgetting. But I, I mean, I feel like it's timeless. <laughs> it, it's it's from all parts of the 80s. It really, what it what it pulls from. <clears throat> a very just a just a just a, a scathing look at the lives of two women in the mid 80s uh running from the law i i i guess i guess <laughs> i mean when you have a title called certain fury which already makes you wonder what does that mean not a certain mm-hmm. fury or the certain fury just certain fury mm-hmm. which makes you think a certain cert, sort of cert like i it it does make sense and you watch the movie thinking i'm not certain that fury is ever going to show up yep <laughs> luckily the movie won't let you down the way the title will if the <laughs> title is confusing don't worry the film makes perfect sense crystal clear from beginning to end mm-hmm but if you want to watch Certain Fury, uh, you can. You should watch it before the next episode. Watch it in advance. Watch it in advance, so you know. I mean, you don't have to, but you you should. Uh, that we Actually, watched, on this, uh, for this upcoming episode, we're re- we're recommending. I would recommend yeah, you do it. it. Yes, I w- It always <laughs> three helps. out of three New World podcast hosts <laughs> recommend that you watch Certain Fury prior to listening to our take on um, Certain Fury. Yeah, I would watch it. I think we got the Kino Lorber Blu-ray, so it is on Blu-ray. But I think you can watch it. I th- it's definitely you can. It, I, th- I think on it's on Prime. YouTube, but it's on, it's on Prime too, so you can it's watch on it on Prime. So check it out uh, if you don't want to bother and invest in, in physical media. Uh, and and how dare you? You should. But if you don't, um, you know, watch it on Prime. Give it a give it a give it some run. You know, um, it it won't disappoint. It will not. It, it will certainly not may make you furious at points, though, as the title implies. I'll get into that later in the full episode. Yeah, we will but... wait till the next mm-hmm. episode for that. But Mark, did you watch anything else? Um, I I watched a couple other things, but I think I want to save it for the next episode. Okay. Because I, oh. I, I really, I I really Secrets. want to buy. I, I really want to uh, allocate enough time. To our bonus episode with with Tarek. Okay, and, and well then we'll let, well let's jump give to that. A chance to listen. Let's jump. We have a couple more too, but you know what? We're gonna save those. Let's as jump. Well. We're gonna let's save, save it. it. We're gonna save it. Instead, we're gonna talk to Tarek about uh, a little movie that we all hated. Very. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we hated, but we were also charmed by. It. Yes, that also I think I've watched maybe five or six times now. Mm-hmm. So I mean. So I don't I'm not using the word hate the way you probably would usually use it. But um, we particularly hated uh, the lead boy in it. And of course, I'm talking about Space Raiders, uh, the little boy who just wanted to kill a crew uh, of of people on a spaceship and uh, succeeds in his goal. And and that was the first movie that Tarek wanted to talk about. And we had just released our episode. So instead, we went with Android, and uh, that was his next pick. But that was the first movie he wanted to, and I could not. I over, I knew Tarek was going to pick something good if that was the first movie he wanted to discuss with Space Raiders. But we're going to cut to our conversation with him talking about Space Raiders now. Hey, everybody! We are here with Tarek Davis, who you will remember from our episode about Android. And we're going to talk a little bit about Space Raiders because, Tarek, when I first contacted you about uh, doing this podcast, the movie you said, oh, damn, I wish you hadn't already done this movie was Space Raiders. Right. And I'm curious why. Uh, well, similar for Android, it was one of those movies, again, that played when I was way too young to know what a good movie was <laughs> uh, on cable television. And uh, I remember being really, I remember watching it as a kid and like, it was kind of my fantasy. It was like, you know, this kid growing up in the suburbs and like, you know, it's basically like, what if Han Solo and like all the gang came and like took you on adventures? And you slowly killed them all. You slowly killed them all. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Except it's not Han Solo or even close. 
and there it's, aren't it's many. maybe Han Solo in the Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's like Han Solo's like cousin, <laughs> not but, like, oh, but cousin only through marriage, yeah. like not the cousin. Like we're not blood related, not blood. but you know. <laughs> I just he comes and stays with me over the summer, and so wait, what's your last name? Group, group. Oh, it's not solo. No, it's group. Hey, it's me, Han Group. Yeah, Han I actually group. don't go by Han anymore. I go by Honathan. Yeah. <laughs> My full name, you know. I'm Honathan Group. That's me, man. I'm a I'm a I'm a grown adult, so you know. Uh, I was more interested in just like watching that, like just to see it again, because I hadn't seen it as a kid. But um, what do you yeah. remember from that movie? I remember being really sad when the alien died. Right. Okay. Uh, I because he know. dies for no good reason. He because he no should be able to see his death coming for him. Because he's able to see a little bit into the future, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, every everyone dies. I remember everyone dying in that movie and just being like really bummed as a kid. Like this is Star Wars. Um, <laughs> like, just really bummed. It was just like I didn't. It was it was again not a movie I enjoyed in retrospect, but it it left a it left a mark. Um, it was the sad Star Wars. It was the sad Star Wars. It was the. I also loved how like it's very like uh just like bare bones costuming choices. Like bring what you got. <laughs> you know, if you're an actor and you ever hear like the when you're doing your fitting and they're like, What do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I got a leather jacket. Bring that. <laughs> Casey. That's from outer space. <laughs> Bring that. Yeah, that's that? good enough. That's good enough. Yeah, that'll work. You guys don't have a what's your wardrobe section looking like? What do you got? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it's like when that. you were a kid watching this movie on HBO or whatever. Were you like maybe one day I'll be able to to hang out in the shitty pizza space station? <laughs> uh, no, it was. I mean, it's. Just talk about how much, like, uh, I don't know, for me as a kid, I was just like, anything in space, I would sit, I would like, all right, you, all right, you signed me up, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And they just do not follow through. Like, to not get a kid in the 80s, to not win them over, like, you got to do a lot of, you got to make a lot of bad choices. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> they make almost every conceivable bad move but you are still you on board. i shouldn't be five and figuring out like you know a spaceship is not a factory <laughs> yeah. not a spaceship you know ships don't typically port at the back of a home depot <laughs> you know that's not that's, that's not an airport right like you know that, right <laughs> They also spaceships don't typically look like you know a like a giant version of fallopian tubes and right. a ball sack connected. Also, robots typically don't drink coffee. They don't, but they but they do in that movie. They don't. They do. Uh, it's just bad. It's just yeah. a bad movie, and everyone is just collecting a check. It's so <laughs> obvious. It's so like, uh, like it, I'd it rather is. you if you're gonna do that, like break the fourth wall, like play with me. <laughs> like, look at this <laughs> shit, huh? <laughs> do you think that would have like furthered your enjoyment as a kid, or oh, would that would have ruined it for you? It would have. It would have. It would have furthered it definitely. Like it would have. Okay. It would have been like a. Oh, you're really taking me on adventure of your of your life, of where you are. But isn't it great? Like we all like as kids, for a, there's a period of time that every movie you see, you're like, every movie is equal to or better than the last one you saw. Yeah, and then you get that one movie where you're like, that wasn't good. Yeah. How how is it possible that it's not good? Yeah. Was this that moment where you're like, I guess not all movies 
are good. Yeah, it's that there's a and there's a thing that I don't know if you guys are parents. I'm not a parent yet, or I'm not a parent at all. But um, I don't know if do you ever talk about the feeling of shame that you have when you see something that's so bad? Or just like, oh, I feel shame. <laughs> not even that I'm ashamed that I watched this, but I feel shame for people who are in this. Like, like, <laughs> like that's rough. Like that yeah. was a feeling that no adult walked me through. Like, ooh. Well, they, I will tell you just a, just a spoiler for you in case you ever have kids. The answer is absolutely yes. Okay. And it happens more often than you would like. Sometimes you talk about shame, and sometimes you just feel it. Mm. Oh, I see. <laughs> because your kids can introduce you to circumstances where you're like, "Oh, I feel shame right now. I feel I feel shame." Yeah. yeah, I don't want to like ruin certain things for my kids. Like, you know, they are really into Scooby Doo right now, and right. I think that's super great. But the movie Scoob is maybe not great, right? And maybe watching it, you're like, eh, I would have done this incredibly differently, right? And but you want to say that because they're loving it, right? You know, right. But I will say that for, for me, I had a sci-fi movie that I know I watched a lot as a kid. And I, I would rent, and when there was nothing at the video store, I would just rent it. Because if I didn't have the picks that I wanted, I'd be like, well, I'll watch this old standard. And I haven't watched it at all recently. And this might be my Space Raiders, but it's Ice Pirates. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention Ice Pirates. I love Ice Pirates. I loved Ice Pirates. And I don't know if watching it now, I would have that same opinion in fact i'm nervous to watch it again because i, mean, I feel like it's gonna be a piece of shit but i'm nervous because i loved it robert urich ron perlman yeah uh does 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 space herpes still make you laugh <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know what it was then and i don't know what it is now <laughs> well uh, I knew I didn't want it. I knew that much. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's fair. I don't. I just have you seen that movie recently, Tarek, or no? I have not, but it has been on my mind, and it's something I, I would like to find. Like there are a whole bunch of movies that I'm like, I I know there's some of them is like you have to buy them on Amazon Prime, or but I'm uh you know, I don't know. I uh, I I'm a, I like that like that. We don't have the opportunity to, like, you know, the great thing about video stores is, like, you know, if you had a relationship or a friendship with the the person that worked at the store, like, they could curate for you, right? Or, right. like, I love, it's the same thing about music, like, the old music stores, I miss, like, being able to, like, go and, like, sometimes I would, when I was in college, I would just, like, pick out five albums in that, like, dollar bin and just be like, all right. And I found some of my favorite artists that way. Just like, oh, I have no idea what this is, what it's going to sound like, but it was cheap. And, oh, now I have a favorite musician. I found some movies that way. Yeah. I had a friendship with the owner of the video store in my town. And it was like, oh, because uh, I was all into Full Moon Studio. Remember the uh, Full Moon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, totally. And... He was like, oh, I got a movie, Dr. Mordred with Jeffrey Combs. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> it became a gem for me. So yeah. we, can't re we don't have that reality anymore. So yeah. for me, it's the, all right, let me look at what on what's what mo new movies are streaming or what old movies are streaming in your queue. And uh, like, can I find any gems that way? And there are. There's a quality of bad that isn't as charming for me as the quality of bad that we're talking about of our childhood, right. of our youth. Like, it's like, I don't know. I don't, I can't really define what it is, but it's not. Someone really wanted to make Android. Someone really wanted to make Ice Pirates. Someone really like wanted to make these movies with no guarantee of finding an audience. No one was streaming or social media wasn't a thing. But now it's just like, 
how this is just made to fill an algorithm. Right. Like they were actually shot in, shooting those all on film. Right. Like they had to like really make sure everything was well lit and they weren't like, just keep rolling. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's all digital. Right. No, it's not like uh, me catching like Coolio on a bender. there is is that thing too that i think sometimes it's like i I do uh, you know i still am really into physical media and i will still buy like certain movies just to be like wow what's this old crazy movie and i find a good price and i'll buy it and i'll be like cool and then you watch it and sometimes you'll find uh and sometimes you will find some gems and then sometimes you will find some just dogs and I talked about this in the last um, uh, bonus episode, but I, I had Cannibal Apocalypse and I was so stoked for that movie. And I don't want to say it's a full on dog, but I just really I, I got to maybe do a rewatch eventually. But I just really wanted that movie to be better. But then there are some movies that we have uh, to watch in this podcast that I'm like, some of these movies, some movies I think are are are. They're, they are, you think you're doing a good job. You're going to take this this film, you're going to clean it up, you're going to do a 2K or a 4K scan, really make it look nice. I think sometimes some movies you just need to watch in an old VHS. And they're going to look great and they're going to be enjoyable because they have that quality. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. And, yeah. and sometimes making it look so great and nice, you almost then get an expectation of something different. And you think, oh, this is going to be like a seriously good movie because it's been cleaned up and looks so good. That's almost how I felt about Cannibal Apocalypse, because I was like, this looks terrific, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you if I had watched this on VHS, I might have been like, awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. This has also been the secret to Ryan and I's marriage. You know, he has really low expectations and he likes things, you know, kind of grainy. So, <laughs> hey, right. it's worked for me so far. So, you oh, know. That's right. That's right. Uh, Eric is really grainy if you've never met her in person. <laughs> Low quality, grainy, you know, and not Eric, a high bar. Erica's no. in Erica is in standard definition. Not how I would describe you, Erica. Either of you. Delightful people. Oh, thank you, Tarek. But yeah, no, I, I, think- I think there's there's a good point. I also like beyond the the like we're we're talking about Android and we're talking about Space Raiders. Like there's some quality actors, like just working actors. Yeah. In these yeah. projects that are terrible, that like you know they come from a different system, right? They come from a like you know some of them coming from the studio systems when those still existed, um, but all of them are usually like. For the majority, for the, you know, I can watch a lot of bad movies from the 80s and 90s and 70s even. And I'm like, you know, some of them are bad. But it's like, I'm getting quality performances because these actors are quality actors. Yeah, and they're going for it. Yeah, and they're going for it. Like, quality of their opportunity. I'm also talking about, like, that quality American actor, uh-huh. which I feel like is also kind of a lost, you know unicorn nowadays like um like the working like i'm a working actor like this is my job um and yeah you'll see some really good performances uh robert forrester to me is one of those actors like who passed away right right but it's just like yeah that guy's a kitchen sink actor like there's not much that robert forrester can't do or you wouldn't believe that he could do but he did movies like peacemaker which I remember loving as a kid. Yeah. Right? Uh, but then just like, uh, of course, and can make a seamless transition into anybody else's project. Oh, I'm working with a high-class actor right now? Yeah, I can do his film too. Yeah, I'm an actor. Like, uh, <laughs> Right. Uh, he wasn't worried about his brand. Wasn't worried you know? about his brand. And like, right. yeah, that's... So I'm watching some of these movies and I'm like, oh, this is either everybody's friends. Nobody here is union. Nobody here is trained. Nobody here is like, there's not like a standard um, to be on camera 
and I'm not saying you need to be those things like union or train to shine. Right. But yeah, there's a, I don't know. There's just a lack of charm. Yeah, I mean, like, well, you could argue, I, I think you could argue, like, we have so much content right now. Right. And so, the, like, you had these actors back then, there was a limited amount of content. There was only so many channels on TV that could only support so many shows, and there were only so many movies being made. So you had people who were quality trained actors starring in some of these questionable movies because they're like, it's either I star in this or I star in nothing. Right. And now you have so much content that it's like, mm-hmm. it's the other way around where the producers are going, I just need people to be in this because I've got the money to make it. So I just need people to act it. Right. But right. that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you're getting the best quality because yeah. there's plenty to go around. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And from my own yeah. personal experience, I have realized like some people don't want quality. It is actually detrimental to their goal. And that interesting. That to me is like, whoa! That's the. It, it's like producers, like the Mel Brooks movie, a little bit. Yeah, there. That's why I'm kind of into like a lot of the Italian cinema, which is why I'm into why I was getting Cannibal Apocalypse because there was a little bit of that element where like people were like working, they're doing movies, they're doing TV, and when they weren't working, they're like, well, what's in Italy? You know, what are they doing over there? Mm-hmm. And it was again just that like, hey, I just want to keep working. What's going on over there? What what, what can I do? What can I do to just to keep going to set and keep making projects? Right. And that we don't really have that. That that industry just kind of isn't happening. You know, there isn't that sort of like th- there is so much stuff. And you're right. So many people are making stuff, but it's like people are making more stuff now to kind of break in. And then there's like a lot of stuff in the horror realm, which you could do, which is like low budget. But then everything else is like, can I bust into like the hundred million dollar blockbuster? Yeah, there's not much in between, you know. Yeah, there's no in between anymore. There's no mid-level studios, uh, films. Um, there's no ice pirates. That's what I'm, we're basically trying to say right now. Yeah, there's no ice pirates. Like, there's no even like, unless it's like a marketed mega blockbuster on Netflix. Like, that's where a lot of these smaller budget films are going. But they are like their budgets are millions of dollars. So they're not like just from marketing alone. So it's not, they're not small films to me at all. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah. You, there's just so many, so many missed opportunities for stories that I don't think the paradigm is, it doesn't seem sustainable. Um, especially nowadays with the pandemic and like no one going. So I'm interested to see like what the future will provide. I don't, I don't see, I think Marvel, I don't, I don't see how that can continue. Yeah, they can't, they can't make like a million hosts and they right. can't have like the Marvel host movie or whatever, like the Zoom movie. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I also think there's like, this is, this moment is changing everybody. And I think like tastes are going to change because of this. Um, tolerance for like what you can like I kind of I don't know for me I've been it's very hard for me to enjoy films nowadays it's been for a while but like one of my biggest pet peeves like why I kind of like Android why I like Space Raiders even though we joke and we can make fun of these films right I also appreciate most nobody in the film looks like Wait, oh, you have an entire year's salary just going into your body. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was definitely not the case in Space Raiders. Right. No one <laughs> we're No one had a personal trainer. <laughs> yeah. Like they're the guardians of the galaxy. Like, but <laughs> like after right. after but a they're few crack, divorces, they're cracking beers and it. it they're cracking beers, and it looks like they're cracking beers. They're cracking real beers. Like it's not somebody putting a fat suit on a Chris Hemsworth and being like, "Ooh, look how novel!" <laughs> no, I earned these pounds, kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, no, no. This guy is old and fat, and he's the captain. <laughs> yeah, he's the captain. <laughs> the ship. He's hero. Technically, my wife owns it. My ex-wife. You want to hear about that? I'll tell you. I don't know. This, 
Sometimes the galaxy is a small town with a Walmart. And that's all you gotta protect. Yeah. You know. And you're like, listen, we've got a we've got a smart clips and a Walmart, and we got a stop and go. And this is my galaxy that I'm protecting. Sometimes the sometimes the galaxy is who you thought your best friend was. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> like, like to your point, though, Derek, it, 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 I am interested to see, like, who is the investor who's going to be, like, instead of the $100 million movie that we're going to make, yeah. what about, like, $25 million movies? And, right. you know, maybe some of them are going to be shit, you know? Right. Uh, but maybe we've got some that are going to just be outrageous and great and super fun, and we'll make that money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm curious if that sort of thinking will will – We'll come back. I hope so. Like I miss. Remember the films like Beer, or you could take this job and shove it. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Gus uh, Triconis. We talked about Gus Triconis's evil. Uh, the evil. He's the one who directed Take This Job and Shove It. Right. I'm, like. I'm one. I'm curious if like that. Like there's a almost revolutionary spirit in like that kind of filmmaking of just like there's an anti-establishment anti like it's also a very there you know they're all of those movies are very i think of uh some movie with michael keaton but the auto gung ho gung ho right like uh, yeah. that were ron howard movie ron howard movie they were very like worker focused right. the american worker i'm just like it's a it's about them like I think merging with a Japanese company and their automakers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. If I were an invest if I were like an investor, I would like maybe people want to see like themselves in films again. Yeah, and you probably don't even have to spend like five million on a movie like that. You you could spend even less. And I think people less. would be interested in those stories. Right. You know? And I'm I'm a fan of like the small story that's a big story. You know, yeah. Uh, like, give me those again. And, and that that certainly is true of Space Raiders. A very small amount of story. Yeah. <laughs> and lots of effects left over from another movie. Yeah, <laughs> including the and the soundtrack from another movie. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, Tarek, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Space Raiders. Uh, it is awesome having you. And uh, we will uh, talk to you hopefully again soon on another episode of the New World Podcast. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks, dude.